0: We're not even to the halfway point of the season, Adam Gorney, but we already have several Power 5 jobs open, coaching chaos, and we decided to talk about it, sit down. Let's start with Wisconsin. Opens up this weekend. Paul Christ gets fired, leaves, agrees to less money, whatever you want to say. You wrote that uh, felt a little hasty. I saw the Wisconsin fans coming at you on Twitter, so (laughs) what do you think? Let's talk about it. Well, yeah, I, I
1: definitely think it was hasty. And first, I'll acknowledge the things that were concerns. Yes, the recruiting department was either non-existent or a mess. Um, he wasn't thrilled to be much of a recruiter. I completely understand that. But the proof is in the pudding here. And he won about as many games as Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> he, In the entire Big Ten, he's ranked third in win percentage right now, four percentage points higher than James Franklin, 10% more than Kirk Ferentz. So I definitely think this was, you know, there were things that needed to be resolved and figured out. Um, but I also think this was, we don't want Jim Leonard to leave. We want him to stay. And and so let's get rid of Paul Crist for Jim Leonard and hope that he brings us into the 21st century. Now, that might be a good move, but Paul Crist won football games. I mean, he was in the Rose Bowl just a couple of years ago. He like i said he won his one fewer game than jim harbaugh did at michigan mel tucker got a huge deal at michigan state he's far he's won far more percentage of games uh than mel tucker so i think this was definitely reaction to brett bielema going in there and embarrassing them the team has not looked like like the typical wisconsin teams of the past the last few weeks but if you take an entire resume of what paul christ has done in madison to fire him over a few bad weeks of football or maybe even a year that doesn't go well for Wisconsin, I think is very
0: hasty. Yeah. So my initial reaction was similar to you. Like, what are they doing? I mean, even we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when it kind of came up behind the scenes, it was like, oh, they're, they might fire him. And I was like, why, <laughs> why would they fire him? Like, Look at his yeah. record. Are you insane? But then yesterday, you know, I took a look. And if you combine, okay, the this, this year's a bad start. They weren't great last year. 2020 was a, you know, shouldn't even count for anyone's consideration. But they weren't great in that shortened season. But also, then, you know, my Italian brain got to thinking, And it's clear that they're probably going to win no matter who the coach is. This is a competent human. They're going to go four and one, five and oh, you know, down the stretch. And like, so then a conspiracy theory came up. Obviously, they don't want Leonard to leave. Heard his name mentioned with other judges. We've heard his name come up as an NFL coordinator, maybe even NFL. And I just think. They, this could have been avoided had they done it in the off season. Like we saw, I mean, the, the first thing that came to mind was when Oregon kind of pushed out Mike Bellotti for Chip Kelly, for the same reason. Um, we've had plenty of coaches and waitings where have worked out and ha- haven't worked out. So I just think they said, look, we got to get, we got to get old man Chris up out of here. We want Leonard. Now the, the coast is clear for him to, to go four and one, five and oh, win the job. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that he is set up well for this. Um, And Jim Leonard's a very competent coach and a very good coach and up and coming. Um, But, you know, do you get rid of Ryan Day for uh, Brian Hartline? I mean, what are we what are we doing here? Do you get rid of Jim Harbaugh because Josh Gad, you know, because they have coaches that are in waiting that are very talented coaches? I mean. The guy won 72% of his games. Only two coaches in the entire conference won more. Um, I I just think it's an overreaction off of some bad football the last two weeks. Ohio State might be the best team in the country. So going there and losing by 31 certainly wasn't good. The team didn't look like its normal self. They should have blasted Washington State, which is a very good football team but they should have muscled them and overpowered them i understand that the illinois game was a disaster i understand that things are not going well but yeah the setup is very favorable here um wisconsin could win out um northwestern is a bad football team we've all seen it they have they have very little hope uh michigan state kind of bouncing around who knows how good they are Purdue's decent maryland is good and might be able to outscore them, but in big games plays poorly. Iowa, Wisconsin will probably be six three, and then Nebraska and then Minnesota to finish up. So it, it is set up for Leonard to kind of really build the steam here. But my point is, why not build it with Chris? Why not let him, you know, after a, after a bad start to the season, finish nine and three, or you know, finish out and and win ten games, go ten and three, which is exactly what Wisconsin has done for. 150 years. So I, I just don't get it. I understand the Jim Leonard thing. I understand that you don't want him to leave, but you're you're firing someone who's very, very good at his job for someone who we think is
0: very good at being a head coach. So one thing that that sort of confused me was I saw these people, oh, B-Lim was sticking it to him. How does Wisconsin feel now? It's like he left, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they didn't fire him. He left to go to Arkansas. Yeah. So, wh- why are we acting like Wisconsin? Maybe, OK, maybe they didn't pay him enough, but it, the way I remember going down was he kind of he spurned them. I also watching-
1: remember. Yeah, I also remember that he was complaining about the educational requirements in Madison. And that's why he went to the SEC. Um, not that SEC schools don't hold the, their kids accountable for great grades. But, uh, yeah, it is much harder uh, to to get kids into Wisconsin, to have them past classes. And, and I think Bielema kind of openly said that, that that's why he was going to the sec because he felt that there was sort of a cap on what he could do at Wisconsin and then went to Arkansas and didn't do very well there. So um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's not something that they got rid of. They wanted Bielema to stay. Bielema was essentially Paul Crist before <laughs> Paul Crist. So um, you know, I, I understand them. I understand the move. I just don't agree with it. And I think it was overreactionary to a few bad weeks of football.
0: All right, so right now we expect them to do everything they can to support Leonard, give him the job. Everybody makes everybody look good when they win the game. So we'll monitor that, but that one's kind of, to me, is it seems like an open and shut kind of case. Now, Colorado, they fire Carl Durrell. And, you know, when, when they hired him, I, I thought I was a bad hire because I remembered him being the UCLA coach and not being very good. And then they kind of started out pretty well. And I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe Carl Durrell's changed a lot. Uh, and then, of course, now they're horrible, but <laughs> they lost a lot of key players to the portal. They got worse. They've never figured out quarterback. The one thing that was odd to me and that I give Colorado a pass on is the way it went down with Mel Tucker. They had a good coach. And if you remember, the he left at such an odd time in the calendar, they really didn't have a lot of options. So they end up hiring Durrell. It doesn't work out. The crazy thing to me was that they're paying. He has an eleven million dollar buyout. Who who else was yeah. hiring this dude? What what is going on? Uh, so Colorado is just basically a, this is the uh, rock bottom, isn't it?
1: Yeah. That well, the buyout situation across college football is absolutely so insanely ridiculous. And any AD that you know, the can is open now, so it's impossible to bring back uh, back to reality that you could fail up so so badly i mean scott frost was paid like 20 million dollars and was such an epic failure at nebraska it's just comical that ad's still have their job um after this you know the guy at the denver post sean keeler wrote that not only should durell be out the door but so should the ad rick george and the chancellor uh you know they they want a complete overhaul there the people are, are are very upset But we also have to come back to reality here. And yes, Carl Durrell, you know, was very poor, but he only had one full season. (laughs) Like he had the, he came in after Mel Tucker, which was a tough spot. And Mel Tucker was seen as like the hero there. He went five and seven in that year. And, he, you know, he had some hope, but, you know, and it looked like things were going in the right direction. And he's obviously a very good coach, Um, but he, but he had a losing record there. Uh, Carl Durrell came in during the COVID year, went four and two. His first full season after all that mess, after the portal, after all of that kind of all came together, was four and eight. And it's inexcusable how Colorado has played this year. I mean, they have been so terrible. Uh, TCU is a very good football team. Air Force is tough to defend. I get that, but losing by 31 to them is a joke. Minnesota is good, but 49-7, joke. UCLA is good, 45-17. They got blown out by everybody. I think everybody had the last straw at Arizona. You know, Arizona was a one-win football team last year. They're much better this year. But come on, going down there and losing 43-20 to after the game, saying that it was a frustrating day and that he always has hope, and it just was going nowhere. So I understand that. And especially when your AD comes out and goes, you know, I feel the fans' frustration too. Mm -hmm. Well, Colorado has one winning season – Since Gary Barnett in 2005. And so, kids who are seniors in high school, their entire life knew nothing of winning football at Colorado. Every single year of their life, they were at a losing record. So, like the glory years that Woody, you're older than me, but the glory (laughs) years of like Colorado football and exciting games in Boulder and, you know, throwing the 50 yard Hail Mary at Michigan. Those no one, no one alive that plays high school football even understands what that is. That doesn't even know what it is. And so, you know, there are some good names that might take this Colorado job. It is an interesting job, but it's just hasn't been a winning program in so many years. It's going to be tough.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, and you mentioned that there was a time when, and most people don't remember that this was a national championship, you know, caliber school and the way they were doing that, what was the key? They were going into L.A. and they were getting guys. They were evaluating people. Maybe the people missed. They would take some character chances on players, yep. you know, and they know that. And guess what? That's okay. Sometimes you have to do that. So to me, there's no excuse when you have that proximity to Texas and California and even Arizona, which now has a ton of talent. You you. I'm not saying you need to be back to national championship level, but you should at least be making a bowl game, you know, every year. So I think you you can't lose to air force. You can't, I mean, I'm sorry. You can't, maybe if it's like a fluke where they have three possessions, not where they're throwing the ball over here. So uh, the names you mentioned, the one that, that I didn't even think of until I read the article on our Colorado site was Bronco Mendenhall. And it's like, wow, that's, that honestly would be the perfect person if he's, you know, ready to actually commit to rebuilding because he's kind of a holistic builder, you know, type person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting one. He did step away from coaching for, I don't know. I don't want to say personal reasons. I don't know if that's the right word, but it seemed like he, his heart wasn't in it anymore at Virginia. That seems a little concerning. And then, and then we get to, you know, the recycled names of, do we want Tom Herman in there? Do we want Dan Mullen in there? Is that a big enough job for either one of those guys to to kind of take on as their next job? Or do they think that they're bigger names for that? Do you go young coordinator? Like, how, how do you do, do you handle this moving forward? Troy Calhoun's an interesting one, because I don't know what he would do offensively there. Would this be the Paul Johnson, Georgia Tech years, which were almost all winning years, but with a quirky offense and you have to recruit a certain way to that. So that'll be interesting. Mendenhall would be a very good one if they give him time to rebuild. And he wants to do that. He'd be, you know, back in an area of the country that he's familiar with. He'd be able to possibly recruit Utah better to Colorado. Boulder's a phenomenal college town. There is some talent around the Denver suburbs that you should be able to win. Um, But it, it's a challenging position, but like you said, and, and I don't think Bronco Mendenhall is the type to go into LA and get some uh, questionable characters. So, so that might not be the hire. Um, I don't think I don't think Tom Herman or Dan Mullen would have one iota of a problem doing that.
0: Yeah, I just you know the relationships there in in Utah would be key. There's a lot of talent there. I didn't mention them in the areas. Uh, the name that I, you know is not high as high on the list as I thought is Eric B. Enemy, who, you know, of course played there. Yeah. we saw him in Mahomes getting into it on the sideline a couple weeks ago. We know he's been passed over for a ton of NFL jobs. I just think that that might be the type that could at least electrify or invigorate the alumni base and maybe get some money in for NIL purposes um you know if him and Mahomes are getting along (laughs) he can have him help you know uh be around come to a game once or whatever i just think i wouldn't i wouldn't just you know put him to the side i do it's going to be tough but if you brought him in and you brought in you know an older guy to be associate head coach to kind of be his you know uh consigliere you know i mean (laughs) i think it's i think it's possible but I, i i just it's a tough spot but with the transfer portal, Colorado. Listen, Boulder, Colorado is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful campus. It has a football history. There's no excuse to be losing these games like they have. So yeah. I'll see what happens there. Next one, we'll get a chance to talk about this, Gorny, because all these coaches like to fire people on Sunday evenings when you know you and I try to take our two hours off a week. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Collins gets fired. Of course, this is my city. You know, I know Jeff, and I really liked when he came in and. More importantly, you know, acted like I was a big deal. That's first and foremost. That's that's (laughs) the most important thing, yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think the problem we saw with him, and I heard other people say this is not original thought, he focused so much initially on that. Oh, we're building the brand. We're building the brand. We're building the brand. Well, we need to build the program first and have an identity, and then the brand follows. I I just think he made a bad decision with the offensive coordinator that he brought in and stuck with for too long. I, I let it be known that I didn't think Jeff Sims is the long-term answer there. They, they really didn't bring in anyone to compete with him. And even when they did, and they had a, you know, Jordan Yates starting last year at times and, and they almost beat Clemson, you know, it was all automatic. Once Sims came back, he was back in a lineup. And I just think that, you know, three years of that is, is, a, is enough, but now what do they do? Of course, everyone says, let's hire Deion Sanders. Well, while well, to me, no offense, Georgia Tech. I like I said, I live here. I drive by Georgia Tech every day. Why did Sanders take that job when yeah. he's little pick of the litter. So, what do you think, Corny? So it's an interesting situation because when he got the
1: job, he was given a few years um, because he basically had to re- revamp the entire offensive recruiting because he was taking over for the flex bone of Paul Johnson and no one knows the flex bone better than you, Woody. So, um, you know, he had to, he had to kind of, you know, recruit offensive linemen a different way. He needed a quarterback that could throw. Um, he He needed everything. So he got a little window there of grace, but it closed pretty quickly because there was very little progress and, you know, he came in and we all know he had the guys, you know, weightlifting on the sidelines pre-game and that was the brand that he was talking about that they were going to be tougher and more doggish than anybody. But like you said, the talent development, the the player development was not there. The in-game decision making was problematic. Um, you know, it just was not picking up and one of the one of the signs that I that I think is very telling here is the first game, you know, really on, you know, that they, that they had, uh, they go to Pittsburgh and win, you know, like this isn't a team that's like, oh man, I don't have Jeff Collins anymore. I don't want to play for this school. I'm hitting the portal. No, they go and beat Pitt at Pitt. Like they were fired up about this. I I I think that Maybe you know it seemed like Jeff Collins was a good guy he was good to us he was good to you everything else but it's tough in terms of Dion it does get interesting because his you know his, the best player on his team is from Atlanta so he'd probably transfer back and play at Georgia Tech Travis Hunter wonder how many kids would transfer from Jackson State to Georgia Tech Kevin Coleman comes to mind some other guys that you know, his, his son, Sean Sanders, makes it interesting. And I do think that if Dion is in Atlanta, a lot of those Atlanta kids will go play for him.
0: Yeah. I, I just I, don't know I, if
1: it's a big enough job for him.
0: Right. That's the thing is uh, that that's number one. And number two, I can tell you living in this city, you know, Dion is viewed well, what Jackson State is. There's a higher purpose than just coaching football by right. the people who live here in this city of Large majority. I get asked about Deion Sanders. I get asked about Jackson State every single day when I'm in the gym, when I'm going around town. People who know what I do, they say, "Hey, Woody, oh Deion, Deion's going to watch what's going to happen. They're going to move up to FBS, and he's going to lead them all the way back. And his son should be for the Heisman." And yada like, this is not like, "Hey, he's going to try to go. He's making four hundred grand. He needs to go make four million somewhere else." Deion doesn't necessarily need the money, and I just think if he's going to make a move like that, it's going to be to florida state it's going to be to auburn it's going to be to one a school in the south that's a big historic th- program with a ton of money backing and a history that he can sell yeah and you know i was a doubter of dion i mean i've known dion now for a decade you know in the football world from the, since i worked down in fort myers and i never thought he would you know commit to the grind of coaching like he has but he's bought all the way in and i don't think he's just going to hastily jump like i said this is a this is not just football for him at jackson state with his kids there with what he's trying to do for the entire you know hbcu situation yep. get funding getting good players getting save, saving guys in the portal and helping them get to the nfl that may have been out of the sport otherwise so all those things factor in i i don't know about the other names i mean i've seen a lot of names of course you know kane Womack is my number one candidate <laughs> we, would <love> have, <laughs> we would love to have my cousin there uh, coaching the program but uh you know i don't know if that i don't know if that'll happen but anyone else you think makes obvious sense because to me i don't have an obvious name
1: no I, I don't either and and that's the interesting thing because from and i don't know this you know intimately but from what i've read and been told that the the Georgia tech administration might not be looking for a neon Dion prime time, you know, coach prime type of guy there. Um, Whether that's good or bad, that's going to be their decision. Um, But I don't, I don't know. I mean, it seems like a place that even if you get second tier Atlanta or suburban Atlanta, or some of those kids from the rural areas of Georgia in there, that you should be far more competitive than what they've been. I don't think that there's like a natural name or a fit or someone, you know, that, that has to step up from Collins' staff. I, I think that all those guys are going be, gonna to be gone. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go, what kind of dedication they really have here, or if they were just like, all right, Jeff Collins, you've had your time and now we need to move on
0: all right nebraska uh we we've seen this one and now it's a little more complicated just because of the situation at wisconsin we know uh, lance leipold seems to be emerging as the number one candidate some thought okay you know he's from wisconsin or has wisconsin ties i mean could he end up there? And now it's now it's like, OK, if they settle on Leonard, Wisconsin, Nebraska fans are gonna be rooting for Wisconsin every for yeah. the rest of the season so they can get Leipold. Is it just an automatic assumption that he will leave Kansas, especially if they finish, you know, eight and four or something like that?
1: Yeah, because I I think so, because the resources, the history at Nebraska are so far vastly superior than Kansas. And you can only create magic like that once um you know Dan Mullen if he stayed at Mississippi State I don't think he'd have them regularly number one in the country uh like he did that one time and he and he made the jump to Florida um so I I I don't think that you know and he said and Leipold said something like you know we didn't come to Kansas to move or something along those lines and I get that he's he, he can't sit there and be like yes I'm taking a bigger job the second it, it comes to me but you know, when you think of Kansas, you think of Bill Self, you think of basketball. That's just the way it is. I understand that they're having a very good season. They're 5-0. and They're ranked ahead of Kansas State, which is amazing. It's one of the best stories in college football, if not the best story. It's fun to watch them. It's fun for Kansas to watch Kansas beat Iowa State. It's it's just fun. But if Nebraska comes calling, I think he jumps at that job and uh, and doesn't think twice about it.
0: Yeah, I just I, I would feel bad for Kansas and be honest with you. Uh, you know, I know they're the big bad wolf in basketball, but yeah. uh, you know the fans have waited a long time. They're packed in the house. We got college game day coming. It it would be a it'd be sad if they were to lose uh, him as the coach because he's probably going to take his whole staff it's not like you know this is what we saw with a lot of these guys who move up like this scott frost takes the entire staff from ucf it's not like anybody stays behind and then you're essentially starting from scratch again so but guess what he the, i'm sure the cupboard will be much more full than it was it's crazy to me thinking thinking back now and looking at him and being like What took so long? It took so long for someone to give him a shot just to get at Buffalo, who was terrible. Yeah. He turns Buffalo around. And then it's still, then the only, you know, he gets Kansas. If you look at all these jobs that have flipped over, it's like, you know, he should have been a lot of ADs probably kicking themselves. And then he's, you know, he's not young and hot and, you know, a uh, guru wearing sunglasses on the sideline or whatever, <laughs> but it's like, he's a good football coach. So if that's who Nebraska gets, that's good. That it, it's going to cost a lot of money, but we, you know, the, we're seeing uh, This is kind of like in the NBA with some of these future contracts, we're seeing guys getting 50 million a year with the new TV rights coming. The money that uh, it, it cannot be understated. The influx of money. These schools are getting $10 million is nothing now for nothing. them to, to throw down from, uh, you know, especially since you know they don't have to play, pay the players or anything. <laughs> it gives you yeah, a lot exactly. Of money to the once coach. you make all
1: the money, you got, get nothing, and have to go to the mall to sign autographs for fifty dollars. But they can they can give Scott Frost twenty million and Paul Christ whatever million he agreed to. It yeah. But the it, it, two interesting things: one, I think Kansas's run ends this week. TCU is such a good football team, man. It, what they did to Oklahoma was so embarrassing to Oklahoma ted roof was sitting up there you saw him in the box like he didn't even know what to say like th- there were players running so wide open duggan's passes were like three seconds behind and they were just standing there catching it and running into the end zone and touch it was unbelievable tcu i think is very good and i think kansas is going to have their hands full with them this week it will be interesting if leipold gets the nebraska job if he can recruit to nebraska he's gonna be about 60 years old uh just under 60. He's not exactly like like you said. He's not the garden variety Scott Frost big time name. Now it's tough to recruit to Nebraska to begin with. We all know that the Big Ten is going to be a, is a completely different animal than winning in the Big Twelve. Um, you know, I, I I just think that will be a challenge that will have to, you know he'll have to bring in some keeping Mickey Joseph will be important. Bringing in recruiters who can. You know, get down into Louisiana or Texas, win a lot of these Midwest battles. Uh, if Jim Leonard gets Wisconsin, he'll probably be a very good recruiter there. So, you know, Leipold is a phenomenal coach. I love him. I love everything that he's about. He's no nonsense. He's not the guy that's on Twitter every second with the Batman symbol because they gotta commit. And he's just win, he just wins games. That's what I love. But you know, you've got to be able to recruit to Nebraska. you got to be able to recruit in the big 10 and that's going to be a challenge for anybody.
0: All right. Uh, last one we got here, Air, uh, Arizona state, things have been kind of static. They, they actually didn't look bad against USC. I mean, they're, they're limited talent wise at this point. And it's, you know, to me, it's sad to see my guy, Emory Jones out there taking a beating and, you know, trying to hang around with his team in the game. It's just like, he deserves better than that to me. But, uh, the, the names are floating around. The one that I wanted to ask you about, Kenny Dillingham, the Oregon offensive coordinator, speaking hot candidates, uh, ties to the program, ties to the state. To me, that's the guy. That would be the number one target, the number one focus. I think it's going to be tough to get him with, especially Oregon keeps winning. But uh, you know what? You you of course talked to the interim coach on your show last week. What's the feeling that that you're getting there? As they're kind of you know just playing out the string on their schedule
1: yeah i i think that's a little bit of it and i think you know you got to get through this schedule it's just it's going to be incredibly tough they have washington next and then it gets a little easier um at least into late october um but dillingham's a very very interesting name he's young uh he's he's coached in arizona he has tremendous connections there um you know, if he could keep Sean Aguano on that staff, uh, that would be phenomenal. And and I talked with Aguano about this, and and there's no real answer really, other than bigger programs come in and take the kids. But Arizona has a ton of talent there. There's a lot of good players there. When I saw Chandler earlier this season, they had like eight, ten Division One guys on that team. If they were in the you know the league of, of modern day and Bosco, they'd probably be the third best team in that league, which is saying something like they're they're very very good Scottsdale Sawaro has a lot of talent there's an influx of people moving to the state um I think Phoenix is the fastest growing city in the country it's the fastest growing county in the country which means you're just gonna have more and more players to to pick from there. So it's a job that that where you can win. What I'm what I think Dillingham and probably every coaching candidate is looking to see is how hard does the NCAA come down on them? What was going on there? Um, under Herm Edwards with the assistant coaches that either got thrown under the bus or, or, or didn't, I, I don't know exactly how that all played out with Chris Hawkins and Adam Brenneman and Antonio Pierce and, and everybody else that was involved in that situation. I, you know, Dillingham has a very nice position right now. He's, he's on a young coaching staff. That's up and coming that we, we pretty much know is going to be winning a lot of games. Um, but a situation like this where he could be a head coach, if the ncaa doesn't bring the hammer down it gets a whole lot more uh interesting for him
0: i got news for you then uh, this is arizona state if you if you mop the floor if you answer the phone if you walked in that door at any time when i start that job you're fired every single yeah. person that works in and around that building lunch ladies every person is fired i'm just telling you that so no offense to you personally, but we're going to have to start from scratch because, you know, I there's rats in the building. I had heard yeah. it behind the scenes. I heard it. Someone told me this two years ago, whenever this started, they said the people who snitched on Arizona State, you know, the calls coming from inside the house.
1: Yeah. When I- well, there were rumors that there were like people that. We're intentionally trying to make Herm lose. <laughs> well, right. That's what I'm
0: saying. So where there's smoke, there's fire. I heard about this two years ago, not the yeah. losing part, but that, her okay, they're breaking some rules, which, uh, shocker, a lot of schools break rules. We saw Air Force yeah. get in trouble this past week for breaking rules. But what I was told is there's a lot of old guard people there who didn't like, didn't like the way they were handling business, and they, you know... They were the ones that maybe let it slip out. Then it comes. Then you hear out that they're trying to get herm fired by leaking information. The kind of got swept under. It's all rumors, and you know, I don't care if it's true. I've yeah, seen like, enough.
1: Like uh, Tony Soprano here. used to have the bottom being swept once a week. You know, you got you got to sweep these places to make sure that there's no rats.
0: Right. So you know, Debbie, I know you're two months away from your pension. Sorry, yeah. you're fired. Trump so, got rid of the FBI director a week before McCabe <laughs> was going to collect, so you, you're out of here. <laughs> right. So anyway, don't. Hey, Arizona State Athletic Department. It's nothing personal. It's business. Okay. <laughs> so that's how that's how I feel about it. So Kenny Dillingham, give me a call. You follow me on Twitter if you want to talk about can talk a little more about yeah. it. So all right, that wraps it up for our uh, Coaching Chaos podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review. Adam Gourney's uh, Respect My Decision podcast, My Commitment Issues podcast. We're putting this on both feeds. Please, please, please. We're back. We're podcasting. We got new graphics. We got new feeds. We got new guests. Uh, so lock us in. All right. Thanks, Gourney. See
1: ya.